how can I love more, give more, be more, lead more, and then just really learn from every single scenario and become a better person every single day and lead by example and touch more lives. So that I live my life that way. And so the heart attack was actually the best thing that happened to me in this life. Because without that, I wouldn't have this perspective. I can't even imagine who I was. My priorities were just so different before this. You know, like I was, I wanted to win. I wanted to get awards. I wanted to, you know, all this. But I'm just not the same person. So I am so grateful that that happened to me. And that whether I have one day to live or a year to live or who knows how long, I just want to, I want my kids to say, you know, she, my mom went down swinging. Like she did not give up. Well, hello, hello, hello. Hey, friends, it is Julia Lachey, and you are tuned into the Color of Money podcast. Today, I am joined by my co-host, the fabulous, the fantastic Daniel Dixon. We don't have to get you a DJ name, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Dixon. Uh, and, and he and I, we are going to be uh, engaging in a conversation we're so excited to have. We have a very special guest here today. I know I say that every time we have a guest, but this time we really are excited. We have no questions prepared. We are about to just let her tell her story because her story is awesome. In fact, we're calling this episode Started from the Bottom, Now I'm Here. And she's literally going to talk about how she built a life by design. Who I'm referring to, I'm talking about none other than Sophia Chacon. Uh, Sophia, I'm going to attempt to read some of her bio um, but because she's got so much going on. And, and really, it's not even about all these titles and things, businesses she owns and stuff. Her passion and how much she cares about people is probably the most important part of this bio. But she literally lives a passion about helping people reach and achieve personal and professional growth. She is an OP. I know we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Daniel Dixon's an OP, and McPeace is an OP, Bo McKeady's an OP, and Sophia Chacon is an OP, which means that she is a franchise owner of KW The Lakes in California. In addition to that, however, she owns several businesses. Um, she owns Laguna Property Management, an escrow and title company, um, Powerhouse Legacy. She's not just a real estate broker. She's also an investor and a lady landlord, she calls it. Uh, she's a KW commercial broker. She specializes in hotels, commercial buildings, apartments, multifamily units, business opportunities, all of these things. She uh, has so many wonderful things about her. She's very proud, of course, about of her daughter. I know she's going to tell us about her two children um, that she has and uh, how important they are to her and the fabulous things they're doing. But all of them together, they've got this a, a huge heart and a huge, they're, they're huge philanthropists. You've got a nonprofit called Little Lady Leaders. I like that. And that's about empowering young girls to become empowered women. So in addition to that, of course, you've got a plethora of awards and recognitions and degrees and such. Uh, you had some education at Stanford University. You've got an MBA. Um, and it's all great. And I'd love how you put in your bio, educated Latina who made it out of the hood. <laughs> <laughs> She says, I was a single teen mom determined to build a life for my family. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. The life that you built from your family, being a little Latina girl from the hood. Uh, and that's why we're calling it started from the bottom. And now, and now you're here. So welcome, Sophia. Thank you so much to have this opportunity. You know, Julia, I'm grateful to you and Daniel and to everybody that plays a role in this. So I read a bunch of words, but tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. 
I, I'm just like a very happy to be a live person. I mean, this is a great week to be on the podcast um, because one of the things is that this also, I also celebrated a rebirthday this week. So um, 12 years ago on Tuesday, I was given one to three years to live because I survived an LAD heart attack. So I, I'm, wow. I'm having a really, really great week and I'm just so excited and grateful for the opportunity. Um, I am just, um, I'm the first U.S. born American citizen in my family. Both my grandmothers were illiterate. They didn't read or write English or at all. So I, that's where my passion for education came from, Julia. I was like, okay, so how, what could I do to create opportunities for myself? And what, what happened that was really wonderful is that I had a third grade teacher, Mr. Jansta, that looked at me and said, Sophia, some people were born to like work at McDonald's, but you were born to own a McDonald's. Remember that? <laughs> and like, when he said that, I was like, wow, there's no limits. I can own whatever I want. He said, if you want to own buildings and everything you want, you can do it. And, you know, when he played such a role in my belief, I believed it. And my parents encouraged me and said, you can, they saw the United States as a land of abundant opportunity. So they said, anything you want and dream of, you can, as long as you're willing to work hard for it and do good on his work, you can have it. So I believe that with my core, which is why I have like it ties back to my nonprofit for children, because I think that when we, we need to reach them younger and younger, you know, Mm -hmm. I really do believe that. So that's where my passion came for that. Um, and I'm really involved for nine years. I also help an orphanage for, um, you know, I'm building in the middle of a, a build out right now for a nursery there. So that's incredible. I think that the, the one of the biggest things I love about this podcast is meeting people like Sophia. Like, I did not know Sophia until we were talking a little bit off um, offline and the things that you've already been able to accomplish, the people that you've already been able to impact, the philanthropy just the giving back. It's, 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 there's so many incredible stories that are happening inside of our company, inside of this industry. And frankly, we don't, we don't hear a lot about them. So I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to hear the journey for you, how, how this wealth building journey started for you. When we think about goal setting, we wrap up the end of the year and we, we start having focus on, on the following year. How do you juggle all of it? How do you, how do you, do you systematize and plan every business line? Do you, do you do you do that for your charities and for the for the philanthropy as well? Like how do how does this how does the end of the year wrap up and, and start of twenty four look like to you? Oh my gosh! I, you know um what I what I thank you for asking that question. And honestly, I'm gonna just tell you that the more I do, it's really it, like it's all like okay. So for example, Laguna Property Management that business is is what it's it's a it's been around for three years. Um, we hit six figures in profit, like on month 13, like it was great, you know, and it's going great. However, I, the, the secret to having these businesses is that I invest less than an hour a month in that business because I put the right leader in front of it. So my, what I do is I just go and I, I, I just inspect what I expect. I just look at the bank accounts, the transactions, stuff like that. And I have, and I have a meeting just to make sure that there's goal setting and accountability there. And that's it. So how you do it all is by adding great people to your world and really learning how to succeed through others. And that concept was so foreign to me in the beginning because I was like the typical, um, you know, started as a loan officer in my real estate career and did not know what leverage really was, you know, and I was a control freak. I just thought that you cannot touch my file. It's my relationship with the client. I don't want to ruin it, blah, blah, blah. That what most agent people think. And what I realized is that I wasn't going to build a big life if I didn't learn how to succeed through others. And I learned that concept of Keller Williams. Like they really taught me to, 
you know what, if you want to do more, like you, it, it, to me, it was like, it's selfish to not build a big life because you're not giving other people opportunities to build the, the, themselves a big life. So when I saw it like that, I was like, yes. And I look around my world today and I'm like, okay, we have seven people on payroll. There's 185 agents that would not be in this brokerage if we started from the, we literally built, literally bought the commercial building and built out the office. So I'm like, wow, like now we're able to give opportunities to other people because somebody took a chance to think bigger, you know? So how I do it is um, I do have a 135 business plan. I, I believe in one page business plans because if they're too complicated, I don't follow them. <laughs> okay. So they just have to be simple. And then just really focus on like, what is the one goal that this business can accomplish next year that will achieve all the other goals? And so it's very clear. So I'm like, okay, great. Like, um, and powerhouse legacy has to sell 25 homes by the end of March, you know, cause that's a small team of two people. Right. Um, okay. So the, the brokerage will get to 225 agents, the property management will get to 200 doors. Like, so there's very clear main goal for each business. And and there that's like the driving force for everybody because when when the the team is unified they know what the goal is then every decision is very easy to make because you're just like is okay is this is the time I'm spending on this task is that getting us to the goal or, or not you know so that's how yeah. I do it. Well, I want to back up even so so we know you own all these businesses you've got all this great education you do all this philanthropy all this giving back start from the beginning of because for me I feel like we have some really high level conversations and we bring on a lot of high net worth people and we have a really large audience and some people are just like this all sounds great but I I'm a single mom with a just a kid and I don't even you know and I got to you know start from like where where we started from so oh, yeah. yeah talk to people who who are like still in that position of tell us a little bit about your story and I'd love to hear about your rebirth day yeah. Oh, yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, I really, whoever's listening, I really want to reach out to the to the young, strong, struggling single moms out there because you can do it. Absolutely can do it. You have the biggest driving force, which is those little mouths that want to eat every day, you know? So, <laughs> you know, um, so um, I became a young teenage mom at 16. And um, due to the way that that happened, um, I had, um, like, my daughter was conceived through trauma. I'll just leave it at that. And um, so I was by myself the entire pregnancy. And my parents at the time were um, not U.S. citizens yet. They were resident aliens. So they believed that if I obtained any, like, food stamps, help, WIC, something to help me, um, that they wouldn't be able to get become U.S. citizens. So they're like, you cannot get help. So I started working at, um, at a fast food restaurant my first job, you know, at a fast food restaurant to support my daughter while going to school. And, and I just really found myself with a, a newborn child, um, minimum wage job and literally paycheck behind paycheck. And, um, and if I look back at my daughter's pictures, when she was a baby, I look at those pictures and look like she didn't have big birthday parties or anything because I would have to bake, I would bake her her cake and take her to the beach. Like I, I found creative ways to still show up for her. So she, she tells me that she didn't realize she was poor. I go, you weren't. You were rich with love, okay? Yeah. Like, you were rich with love, so you were not poor. That's but like the was, best gift when you done all that work and your kids. My my older son said that to me, too. I was like, Eric, remember when we didn't have nothing? He was like, I don't, I don't remember that. As far as I'm concerned, we always been good. And I was like, wow, because we was broke, broke, Sophia. <laughs> I know. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize it until I was like 17 years old, 16 years old. Yeah. 
And I'm like, man, <laughs> we, we really don't have much, do we? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I know. So that's you know awesome. and, and, and that's and that that's how that I'll, I'll bring that back to a different story when when I was like my when I told my dad I had a heart attack and they told me I cannot eat meat I cannot eat this or that to be plant based and my dad said oh growing up we never ate meat um, I didn't know that we were vegan I just thought we were poor you know <laughs> 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 you can't afford it you're just vegan you know yeah, so yeah. green beans and rice yeah yeah so yeah so um that's how it was for my daughter and I and. In high school, I literally, I studied, 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 and I was only one of four recipients to get a scholarship. And so I really don't believe in excuses. I just saw, I always focus on what do I have control over? What can I do? And I give credit to all the amazing teachers in my life from every single human being that poured into me growing up. They played a role in that, in that mindset, just really understanding like, okay, like what, what, what can you do? What, you know, what, what can we do for that? And so when um, I right out of high school, I got a scholarship and got my first office job and was just living that life. Of, but I always felt that the way out was through education, because um, in the neighborhood I lived in South Central Los Angeles at the time, um, people were either going down the like gang drugs path. And the other only people that really inspired me was when we would have like guest speakers in, in the school that would come and say, look, I used to be in this school and now I went to college. So when guest speakers would come, they really inspired me to say, okay, these are the paths I have in front of me. Like, which one am I going to decide to take? So for me, at a young age, I just decided that school was going to be the the my way out of the hood. You know what I mean? Like, and um, I, I I say that jokingly because I when I recently did my living trust and my son was born when I was 28 and I was already earning a few hundred thousand dollars a year, already had investments. So they had a different... Uh, you know, experience growing up with me, my daughter and I struggled where my son, when he grew up, I had to live in nanny and he went to a not boys preparatory college. <laughs> school. He's at his second year of Pepperdine. So he doesn't know the struggle. So my daughter always says, mom, when you divide your assets, when you die, don't forget <laughs> who made it out of the hood with you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I think that's a good, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm trying to figure out myself is how do you teach with my children? I tell them my job is to make their life difficult. We're going to have some of the nice things of life. We're going to go on good vacations. But I've got to continue to challenge you and teach you adversity because the fear is that we 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 lived the hard life to create the easy life to then create the soft person that then is going to create the hard life for their heirs. How do you teach grind? Like you have you have two kids that are two completely different lives. How do you not one's better than the other, but how, how do you create that? How do you get your son to have that passion and that that drive and that grit? You, you know what? This is such a good question. Um, for years, I think maybe people, maybe a lot of people could relate this on the on that listen to this. Is that that is a fear for us that we know we had the struggle, then we we try hard, and then we're like, I don't want to spoil my kids rotten, and then they don't have the drive. Yeah. And for me, for me, um, for me, I had a very good conversation with a business coach, and and uh, he said to me, Sophia, because I said I'm really struggling with that. I'm really struggling that. My son is at this, he was, he was going to like college with Oscar de la Hoya's son. So he would yeah. come home and, and, and like some of the Laker players kids, you know, he's going to this amazing private school and he's, the school was like $42,000 a year to attend. Okay. So he's telling me, um, I want these tennis shoes. They're $2,000. And, uh, and then I was like, no, 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 <laughs> like we're not doing that, you know, but, but, but they want, he want, he was struggling with fitting in, you know? So yeah. Well, I, I was struggling with that. And my business coach told me this. He said, Sophia, listen, like your son is never going to have your experience or your daughter's experience. He said, so what you need to do is you need to just teach him the principles. 
because um, what I wanted him to do, I, I honestly didn't know how I wanted him to suffer. <laughs> I wanted, I was like, I want him to go work fast food. I want him yeah. to feel know what it's like to be broke. I want him to struggle. I want him to not know where he's going to get his next meal from. I want him to feel that so he can be so driven. And my business coach really helped me through that through that thought process. He said, Sophia, no, he he doesn't have just how you don't know what it's like to be you know, live in Cambodia. Like you're never going to have that experience, Sophia. Yeah. Like why do you expect your son to have an experience you're never going to give him? So he says, you just really have to lead by example and have those conversations with him and put him in rooms and in front of mentors that can pour into him that he will listen to. Because it won't be you. He says, put him in front of other people. And, and so I am very, that's what I do. And he has straight A's. He's a great kid. He has, a, he's managed, he has 18 units and a job that he's balancing and a girlfriend. So I'm proud of him. And I've accepted the fact that he's just never going to know what it's like to be scared to walk to school. He, he's never going to experience that. And, and it doesn't, it's not going to take away from his drive. However, I cut him off financially last year in May because I was guilty of just like spoiling him too much. Yeah. And you know what happened? I invested in a camera and, and I said, I'm, son, I'm giving you the fishing pole, not the fish. So mm -hmm. go get yeah. yourself your own clients. And sometimes he'll say, I don't have enough money. And I say, okay, well, did you prospect for business? Did you go find <laughs> new clients? Because mm -hmm. well, I'm teaching him what I know how to do so he could know how to balance his income and money. So it's working out pretty well so far. I think that's it's such a it's such an important thing with how you raise your children or pour into your agents or do, I don't know, like it, it having, teaching them that grit is so difficult and you want to see them just fall. You want to see them fail. Like you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like, what I lived through and how the things I had to deal with and, and all of that with still loving them and still giving the opportunity. So going back to that principal piece, I think it's, it, that's incredible. That's incredibly important. And it's something that a lot of people that, that have high net worth um, that I've had conversations with struggle with on how do you raise those children? How do you, how do you yeah. give them the same principles you had when the bank accounts are so, so, so very different? Well, I yeah. think one of the things that I've noticed that people are doing because I travel so much and I, I, I love and I wish I had been able to, to afford to do it, but people who travel with their small children, so people, they can see outside of their own family, outside of their own zip code. Yeah. There's a statistic that 30% of people in the United States never leave their own zip code. Like, so there's a large Incredible. population of people that all they know is what they know. And if all they know is money, that's all they know. If yeah. all they know is poverty, that's all they know. But being able to just show kids other places and go to other and like see how people live and see how, you know, it's a enriching experience that provides, a, I think, probably the best education people get is by seeing other people other than themselves that live differently and realizing there's so many different people and different perspectives that exist. Uh, that, that, you know, maybe you're very blessed or maybe you're not, but there's a lot of different people out here that you can learn from either way. I agree with you, Julia. I think that um, you reminded me of something. Um, when my son, I always rewarded his grades. Like if you get, a, I don't, I didn't reward C's because that was just my own personal mindset. Mm -hmm. but, so he didn't get any, but I was like, if you get a B, you get $50. If you get an A, you get $100. But then, then really opening their heart. I remember my son in high school, we would go to Skid Row and just drop off like tents and blankets with his, he used his $300 for that. Because we did experience that. And, and I, I agree with you, Julie. I think that um, one day I posted on social media, I said, I'm taking a trip to the orphanage. You know, I said, give me your 
eye rolling, door slamming, ungrateful kids, and I'll take them with me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I had like comments. I, like people were like, take them, Sophia, you know? And I took a group of people down there to the orphanage. And we, and I remember my son, the first time I took him, he was a teenager and he said, mom, they don't have TVs. And I was like, they don't or video games or cell phones. Yeah. And he was like, so what do they do? And I was like, <laughs> he's like, so what do they do all day? And I'm like, yeah, they play outside. They play sports and they're orphans, you know? And, yeah. and she's like, but they look very happy. And I, I guess he had a different perception of what he, what he was going to see. And I said, yeah, they're very happy. They're grateful to be alive and they, they make the best of what they have. So I think that that does, op- I think some things in life can, cannot be unseen and yeah. it does soften and plant seeds in our children. So I agree with you, Julia. I think that just putting them more in environments where people have less than them is so important to build the character and to teach our children to, so they could want to build wealth to give back, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, not just to have more fast cars or whatever, whatever that's in their mind, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Daniel. You were gonna say. Something. I was. I was gonna talk about the the rebirth. I think that was. Yeah. That was that was impactful. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? The anniversary that's coming up. Um, yeah. What happened? Where you're at now, and just how it fundamentally changed. I, I can imagine it changed everything about how you how you live your life. Yes, you know, um, a, a friend of mine taught me that when you go through what's called a great life awakener, he called it. He said, Sophia, when you go through a great life awakener, and I know that you have a story, Julia. You have a story, Daniel. And, and you probably experienced a great life awakener. And that happens when you either go through a divorce, a death in the family, a, a major illness. You know, like your life is never the same. You can't ever see a different. And what, what, what's a huge, what could be seen as a tragedy, it also turns into a blessing in the sense that you can see, because you experience a life through different eyes, you see it different. So, um, so what, what happened to me is that, yes, I, I, you know, was a teen mom, grew up and then eventually, you know, had my son and then I ended, I found myself in a divorce. Right. And then, um, at the age of literally 35 years old, um, I was in my very first year at Keller Williams. I had just experienced, I was a lending prior and, you know, I was, I came in, became the rookie of the year. I was killing it, doing my thing, my first year in real estate. And I ended up having, um, both my, all my grandparents passed away in their nineties with zero medication. Okay. So my family history is really good. And again, they, they had very active lifestyle without much processed food, you know, just because of their situation. So that's how I was raised. And so I would consider myself very healthy. Well, at 35 years old, I was experiencing, it was December and I was experiencing just a sore throat, just a sore throat. And, you know, we tend to, you know, many people tend to self-diagnose. Oh, I just haven't getting a cold. It's December, whatever. What, what, what didn't go away. And um, it was just like a sore throat. And, and I felt something different. Like my body was speaking to me. Like I couldn't, it felt like symptoms I've never felt. So I went to the emergency room. They sent me home. And then um, they said, just, you're fine. Just take Triaminic spray. You're just coming down with a cold. So I just, you know, I listened to my instincts and went back to a different um, room. And I said, I do not feel, something's wrong. I do not feel like myself because I was just very nauseous and felt like by that day, I felt like there was like a heavy pressure on my chest. So I just kept insisting and I, I'm glad I did because they ended up um, drawing blood and they said that I had suffered um, a, a heart attack that was, it was an LAD heart attack. So only 10% of people survive it. And the first sign of LAD heart disease means is death. 
So like everybody dies from it. So I was like, oh my God. And um, so when that happened, I, I, I was so in shock because, because I was sent home the first visit to the emergency room that created permanent heart damage. So because I had permanent heart damage, um, they gave me, um, you know, just a lower life expectancy and a grim prognosis. They just said, you know, um, you have, you know, severe heart damage. I have stents in my LED artery, which is called, the LED artery is the lower ascending artery that connects your heart to your body. So I have four stents on that artery. So it's considered, it's called the widow maker. Because like, if you have a stent on there, it reduces your lifespan. So when they told me that, I want to tell you that I just give credit to my at the time, my KW family, I, I, when they told me I was going to, they told me I had a 1% chance of surviving the night and um, to say goodbye to my children, which were six and 17 at the time. So that was very difficult. And, um, I said goodbye to, I text my team leader. I said, thank you so much for inspiring me and being a light in my life. And he's like, where are you? We haven't seen you in the market center. And I said, oh, I am, um, I'm going to pass away tonight. I didn't just saying thank you. And he's like, where, where are you? And I said, yeah, they wouldn't take me as a heart transfer because I didn't have health coverage at the time. So they wouldn't take me as a transfer. And um, anyways, the, my KW family got together behind the scenes. And um, on the day that they told me I was going to pass away, they gave me morphine to pass away in, without pain. And they had a, a Christian group of people come in and they were, um, they gave me a booklet that I still have framed today that says, letting go with grace. They said, just surrender to God and let go, like just pass away in peace. And when they came to pray over me, something in my heart was like, I'm not ready to pass away. Like I just, I, I felt like conscience, but I was in so much pain that I just, I, I was like already accepting my fate. And then what I didn't realize is that behind the scenes, my KW family had um, pulled some strings. And when I woke up, when I woke up, I, I really thought that I was like fell asleep. And when I woke up, I literally woke up to paramedics taking me to my heart saving surgery. And they covered it. It was $154,000 that the insurance covered. And then they gave me the surgery and on December 8th. So December 5th was my rebirth day. And they said, you know, I was just so grateful. I said, if I could get another year or two, you know, my son was six. And I, I just prayed to God. I said, Lord, if you bless me with the opportunity to see my son turn 18, it would be the greatest, grandest gift. I just wanted to make sure that he was going to be okay. And my daughter was older. That could see help my kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so when my son turned 18... He's 20 now. I mm -hmm. said, Lord, I am so grateful you kept your promise to me. But if you would keep me around just a little longer, <laughs> grandma, I, would, I would be really grateful. Right. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it just a lot of people, you know, it was mindset. It was mindset, you guys. And um, I'm just so grateful. I went back to work and sold a bunch of homes. And my mindset is this. Every day that I wake up is a special gift. And my, my gift from God is a new day. And my gift back to him is to utilize it. So I have the mindset of what can I do today to not waste this day? Like, how can I love more, give more, be more, lead more, and then just really learn from every single scenario and become a better person every single day and lead by example and touch more lives so that I live my life that way. And so the heart attack was actually the best thing that happened to me in this life. Because without that, I wouldn't have this perspective. I can't even imagine who I was. My priorities were just so different before this. You know, like I was, I wanted to win. I wanted to get awards. I wanted to, you know, all this. But I'm just not the same person. So I am so grateful that that happened to me. And uh, 
whether I have one day to live or a year to live or who knows how long, I just want to, I want my kids to say, you know, she, my mom went down swinging, like she did not give up, you know? Well, you so, said the KW family pulled some strings. What did they do? What they did is that because I didn't have health coverage, one of our agents, his name is Steve Busman and his wife, Sherry, they, she worked at Kaiser Permanente. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's an insurance company, a large hospital. And what they did is that they backdated. I don't know how they got me covered from December 1st. So I had coverage. And then I later found out that my old. I feel like we shouldn't say their name or like, (laughs) I feel like I don't know what they did either. Let's not say anything. Yeah. Statue of limitations. We're we're past statue of limitations, Julia. We're good. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's good. So yeah. That that was good. That's awesome. That is so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did. They helped me and just, had had my coverage and I later found out that my OP actually paid the my because I, I don't know I don't know why I didn't think like who's paying for this I kept just getting care and then <laughs> yeah. like seven months later I'm like wait like who's paying this like it didn't it hadn't dawned on me I guess I thought that they were taking it out of my commission checks or something I just don't know what I was thinking and then when I found out that my OP actually paid for my my insurance for like a whole year out of his pocket wow. And and, like, how can I not be a giver? Like, I've been such a recipient of like the kindness of other people's heart. Yeah. Like, how can I not pay forward? How how can I not be one of the number one contributors to KW Cares? How can I not give back to people? Um, Most recently, um, we were able to pay for an orphan's um, heart um, surgery. He has a tumor and his and in above his nose. And that that happened in September of this year. I was able to, you know, we were able to raise money within 24 hours and save his life. And he's only 13. So we did that. And then I've been able to pay for a brain surgery for a five-year-old also orphan. So I've been able to bless people and help them stay alive and pay it forward because someone helped me stay alive. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that I think this is a good a good opportunity to talk about disability insurance and talk about health insurance and talk about having the right coverages through and through because you luckily came out the other side, started selling a bunch of houses, but how different would life have been if you weren't able to sell the houses, right? Like wealth building, protecting the wealth, getting the wealth is one thing and then protecting it and being able to create the longevity behind it and the right insurances and, and protections it's so, so, so important. Literally saved your life unknowingly, right? Absolutely. And and that's a very good point, Daniel. Like us, we have a responsibility as brokerage owners to independent contractors to bring all those resources and educate and educate them and say, look, like yeah. there's there's long-term disability, there's short-term disability. Like, are you right. aware that for a few $50 a month, you can protect yourself, you know? I really didn't know. It was like my first year in, in real estate out of a corporate environment. So mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And now you're right. Like it's it's an obligation to keep paying it forward and teaching other people how, how to build wealth. And, and your wealth can be gone in one wrong decision. You, yeah. you, you know, like so I heard Gary say, like, you're one lawsuit away from being broke again. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's so true. If you don't have the right insurances in place or the, you know, the right measures as a business owner, you know, you have to rebuild again. I think there's so many agents that don't look at themselves as business owners and it's such a mistake. And just having, having the disability just to pay your normal bills. So you don't have to worry about, you can, you can worry about recovery not worrying about having to prospect and go find your next deal because you have bills to pay and 
There's so, there's simple concepts that unfortunately a lot of agents don't lean into and know much about. And then you get in these kind of situations, and it's like, oh shit, what do I need to do now? And it's like we we should have set that up. So I think it's it's an important piece of, of wealth building in general. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we talked about it. What were we gonna say, Julia? I was I was gonna say, and you're talking about wealth building, and uh, so in these last few minutes that we have, Sophia spoke at the National Association of Hispanic uh, Real Estate Professionals Conference, Latitude, um, and and she talked about wealth building. And after it, I read your post on on social media. You had listed like five things that you kind of summarized that people could do or should do to build wealth. Do you remember what the, I was looking from, through my Facebook for your post, but do you remember what some of those things were that you suggested people do to build wealth? Um, yes, I, ha- I have them written down somewhere, but just off the top of my head, um, they what yeah, so what I recommended for them is I'm a fan of like be debt free to create that space to, to invest. Like I'm, a, I'm like, whatever you have to do, sacrifice. And w- one of the things that, I want to make sure that we say here is that um, how do you go from broke single mom to, you know, having a multi-million dollar net worth, right? Like, how do you do that? And how you do that is by being intentional and planning and looking at where you're at. So I always tell, like, what are the, uh, right before this, we, we spoke here now, um, I just finished leading my monthly net worth club that I lead at the market center. And we're, so we're a fan of like, look at where you're at to see where you're going. Like, so we're mm-hmm. like, even though it's an uncomfortable situation, like I'm a, you know, that, dude, let's do that. Like, how can we build wealth? And it's, um, I'm like, okay, be, become, become debt free. You track growth. Like it's okay right now. You're negative a hundred dollars, but at least you know where you're at. And, and it, so on the 15th of every month, I track my net worth there on the 15th of every month, because you want to, what you track will grow. And then the, you, that way you make intentional decisions. Um, another tip for me is to really, really surround yourself in an environment and, 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 and become an expert. When I wanted to build wealth, like I literally said, okay, what are the 10 best books out there? I started asking, you know, my high net worth friends, like what they recommended. And I started just reading different books. And, and, and I'm like, okay, what's the basic book that I can give to my agents and that they can start somewhere? And so I was like, okay, so I decided that the best one, based on the ones I read, was um, The Complete Money Makeover with Dave Ramsey. Even though I don't agree with his philosophy on investing, I think that for the majority of people, his book is really good to teach people how to have an emergency fund and be debt-free and live within your means. I like his philosophies about that. So I so that is a book that I ordered on Amazon all the time, 20 books at a time and gift to people and mm-hmm. did a, you know, a book club around that just to get people on that financial piece, you know, you know, to get started somewhere. And then and then I say, OK, well, how are you going to build wealth? It's going to be through stocks, real estate or owning businesses. So which path do you want to take and master? So that would be another tip. It's just really deciding that. And then I'm um, just really realizing that, you know, l- that the the purpose of living, it is giving. Like if, you're, if your goals are centered just around accumulating wealth, you know, like they say, money is only good for the good it can do. Like mm-hmm. you will be more abundantly blessed if you're a good steward of the opportunities you were already given. So those were like my, some of my tips. That I That's feel awesome. are important. You're so awesome, Sophia. So in, in in wrapping up, what would you say you would want people to walk away from this conversation? What's the one thing that if people do it, such doing it, nothing else, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? What's the what's your what's your one piece of advice for everyone? 
Um, I say no matter where you're at in your life, just keep going and don't give up. Keep going. No matter what you're going through, you're going to have great life awakeners. You're going to have people that you love pass away. You're going to lose money. You're going to have bad partners. You're going to have people break your heart and disappoint you. Like no matter what, you just have to keep going because every time that you wake, every day that you wake up, it's a new opportunity to make that day count. So make every day count would be, I guess would be the. That's how you build your life by design. That's Daniel last, last words for Sophia or for the audience. Man, you're 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 an inspiration, Sophia. I'm glad I'm glad we met. Um, I'm glad I already yeah. added you on all the socials and everything. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's so impactful to not just think about people that are doing things at a, at a high level that are just doing things at a high level, but has ha- you've had this adversity and had these literal life and death moments, and have turned that into not only even more success, but now the focus on giving back and philanthropy. And I think. The more money you make, the more more opportunity you have to go give back to people and help influence more people. And it's been an honor having you on here. And I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. It's been so- an honor being on here. Thank you. You're the best, Sophia. We're so excited. We're going to put all your information in the show notes so people can find you on social media. Join your market center if you're in the California area. Be yes. a part of your be part of your trainings. You're just you really are an inspiration. I am so glad to know you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And thank everybody for tuning in. Until Thank next you, time, friends. You. I love you guys. Take care. Thank you. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> Take, Thank care. You. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 